Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Poptimist Podcast. We are here yet again to bring you a bright, shiny new episode. We've been gone for the past couple of weeks, but don't let that dissuade you from listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, the underscore Poptimist, or on TikTok at the Poptimist. I've been posting more base videos on there. Also, be sure to like and subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. It helps us keep it growing. What up, Millhouse? What's up, dude? Living the dream, bud. We've been off for the past couple of weeks. We have, man. Took I was a breather. Yeah, I was too burned out, dude. We were going hard. Dude, we were going hard, man. Uh, we, we, we've been going hard since the beginning of the year, just trying to get you know everything up and running as yeah. smoothly. And I feel like now we finally, we're, we're getting back on a stride. We are. I mean, you're going to be going out of town for the next couple of weeks, so we've had to kind of adjust the way we do things. We pre-recorded some episodes. We have an episode with Che Dorena, who's a very funny comedian. He's coming on. And then my old music teacher from Maine, Matt Fogg, he's, uh, he came on too. So excited to bring those episodes. That'll be in the coming weeks. Yeah, it'll be really cool. I, I, I listened to them. They're, they're great, you know. Yeah, I think it was nice to kind of take a breather a little bit just because my mental energy, we were spread way too thin, the both of us. We had too much going on. Oh, yeah. Between work and everything that we're, we're trying to, to do, we were, you know, it, it was spur of the moment every time, just trying to get everything down. To trying the last to get content minute. up. Yeah. And, and it, it was very stressful. Um, there were some times where I, I was really like stretched then and just trying to make everything work but now now that we've got like a better system set up it feels better you know yeah yeah for sure it's just uh when I get disorganized you know I I had this moment where I was like I'm disorganized right now because I'm trying to do so much and I want to make stuff work for me and when I'm disorganized I'm I'm really not happier in a good headspace no I feel that 100 percent um I feel like the, at the beginning of the year, I started off really strong with like being organized and stuff. And then like around like February, I like fell off a little bit. Well, it was strenuous because not only are we doing this, we're doing Man of Science, Man of Faith, as well as whatever music stuff we have yeah. in addition to everything we're already doing with the podcast. And the podcast take a lot of effort and a lot of energy to put up and put out and then just trying to do the normal music stuff that that's the easiest for it to fall by the wayside. At least it is for me. Yeah. For me too. Especially like when it comes to like practice, just, just practicing or something like if I have, you know, like I worked seven thirty to five today, you know, and then I have to like try to find time for all these different things to go into my daily life. So I've started like here recently, except for today, cause I overslept. I've been practicing right before I go to work. Have you? Yeah, just for like five minutes. But that's smart. But I, I'll just run through my scales real quick before I go to work and then leave. Good. But it's really helped. I've done it three days straight. Well, outside of today, I overslept. But before then, I'd done it every like for for three days straight, and I've already seen like some improvement. What scales are you doing? Are you just doing like the major just and the, minor scales? Just the major and minor scales, just running up and down them, up and down them, up and down them. Have you been doing any of the diatonic modes or anything like that yet? Not, not yet, not yet. But like, I, I want to get it like, I don't know. I want to get it, get it flawless before, like, because as of right now, I can play them well. But I want to be able to just like 
be be quick with it. Yeah. Be 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 very fast with it. And I'm not at that point yet. And I feel like once once I'm like really 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 fast at it, and I don't even have to think about it, then I'll like start learning new things. It takes effort, and I never feel personally like it's always 100% there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I wish that like I wish that I had an hour every day that I could just sink into it. You have to make that hour. You you do. You have to make it. And there's some days where I'll get an hour and I'll feel really good about it. And then there's other days where I, where I won't get it at all. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, um, this month especially is going to be a little bit difficult for me to practice, um, which which sucks. But I'm still going to try to make – I'm still going to make time for it, you know. Yeah. Wherever I go. Um, but, yeah, like practicing and, and, and stuff like that is something I'm, I'm really looking to, like, improve – because I feel like I'm at that spot where I can play well, but like I could be so much better if I just sink a lot of time into practicing, mm-hmm. you know, really, really uh, get my chops up. I remember at the beginning, I don't know if it was last year or of 2019, all the years just blur together. But there was the first three months of the year I was practicing constantly. Do you remember when I was in that big like practice phase and yeah. I was journaling every fucking day? I think that might've been the beginning of 2019. I don't think so. It was at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. I think it was the beginning of 2020. It, it's hard to even look at the the time cause it's just weird cause of COVID, but I put so much time and effort into just practicing shit, working out of notebook, like my notebook. Yeah. Um, one thing I like to do when I practice is take like a book and just try and read the sight, read the rhythms. Cause my biggest weakness is sight reading rhythms and I'll take drumsticks and a pad and hash out the rhythms yeah. with a metronome, just trying to get better. Cause I feel like I don't have trouble with the pitches. I have trouble with no value. That'll be the all always be the thing that fucks me. And it was intimidating to me for a long time. I haven't done it in a minute. But I can at least sight read legibly now. If someone like gave me a piece of music, I probably couldn't perform it in a band for the first time. But if they gave it to me the night before, I could learn that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. probably at like a fifth grade sight reading level. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I really fell off of sheet music hard because uh, when I first started playing piano, I, I, I started with sheet music. And I was in kindergarten and, uh, my teacher just beat it into me so hard that I just gave up with sheet music and just learned the number system. It's the unsexiest then, thing about music. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, I really wish that I'd kind of, kind of kept with it, you know, throughout the years, but I never did. Cause like once I learned that, I, oh, I can, I can learn by ear. I can, I can read charts, you know, with like one, four, five and, and shit like that. Then I just went to that and just started like learning riffs and stuff and learning how to play like that and playing with other musicians. But like I wish I'd I'd kept up with uh, sheet music and, and and gotten into jazz and stuff like that. Well, it depends on really what you want to do yeah. as well. You know, like sight reading is more of the cerebral aspect of music. Yeah, it's more the math side of the brain versus just listening to some music and playing typically classical musicians have more of a mindset and a skill set to be able to do that yeah for sure and um 
I, I wanted to like stick with it and get better at it, but uh, I, I think I think I quit playing sheet music when I was in ninth grade, just going into high school, and then I figured out I liked playing like in country bands and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then completely went away from sheet music because I'd only played classical up until that point. A sheet music is something that's useful. It's not the only reason I started learning how to do it. it you. I've never had anybody hand me like a piece of sheet music in Nashville. Yeah. Or even a fucking number chart. They just tell you what the song is and you have to learn it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what it's been for me so far. You're just expected to be able to to know, which I I think is exciting to a certain degree, but it's it's like lifting at the gym or some shit. You know what I mean? You have to work it out. It's unpleasant. That's why I only try and do it for 10 minutes at the beginning, like just focus... 10 minutes on sight reading. Yeah. And then I'll actually try and like fuck around and, and use shit and everything like that. But it's a discipline. Yeah. And a lot of times when you're going through like these like learning phases where you're learning new shit, it's really uncomfortable. At least it is for me. Like when I'm trying to learn something new, completely new, like when it comes to like sheet music, especially it's super uncomfortable. You're just eating I just, shit. I just feel like I'm out of my element. <laughs> no house. You're out of your fucking element. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like I'm not in, you know, I don't know. Every time I've ever tried to like pick up sheet music, because you gave me some sheet music, I still have it. And I still look at it from time to time. For star treatment? Yeah, for star treatment, yeah. Before Which I, is a hard thing to sight read because all the chords are fucked, fucked up like jazz chords. Yeah, they are. Um, but I've looked at it and, um, dude, it's still so hard for me to even like piece it together. Uh, I feel like when it comes to like sheet music, at least I feel like I always have to start from scratch, just from the basics of sheet music and and learning it, and just work my way up. You know, I remember the last uh, the last recital I played, I completely bombed. Whenever I was taking lessons, because we had re- recitals yearly, and they would take all these kids that were in this class, and we would all play in front of people. And I remember the last one I did, I completely bombed. I was in ninth grade, and I was like, uh, I guess I was 14 years old. Dude, and I played, the rule was you had to play one classical piece and one hymn from a hymn book or whatever. Dude, nah, I just completely fucked it all. I I remember like halfway through the song, I stopped reading the sheet music and just tried to start playing it by ear because I couldn't read the sheet music. So I was just like trying to figure it out on the spot. How did that feel? Dude, like walking off that stage, dude, I was so disappointed. I remember like after that moment, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm done with piano. This is it. I'm fucking over it. Like this is this you is the, rage quit like Millhouse is prone to try and do. Dude, I, I did rage quit hard. I hardcore rage quit when I was 14 and um then like I quit piano lessons. I started trying to play football and started going to like football tryouts and shit. And I didn't make it, but <laughs> I started going to like the football lifting and stuff and, and decided that I was like over piano. And then, um, I, I, I don't know what happened, but there was a transition between the time I was 14 and 16 that something just clicked. And I started playing like a lot, like a lot better. You started enjoying it more. Yeah, I started enjoying it because I was doing it on my own. Because I would come, I, there was a point in time when I would come home, like when I was right around like 16, and I would practice for like three hours. 
or, or two hours if I wasn't doing schoolwork. Did I ever tell you that I was in band in high school? Were you really? Yeah. I was, but I, it was all sheet music and I didn't know how to read back then. And I quit probably like my sophomore year, but I hated the band teacher. I hated the, the guy who did the chorus shit too. So we had two music teachers. It was Mr. Avery and Mr. Libby, and they were both assholes. I did not like them at all. Um, and they didn't really like me either. They just saw me as like a punk kid, you know what I mean? And I was to a certain extent. I was into just like rock and roll and shit like that. I didn't want to fuck around. I, I wanted to do music stuff, but they never really instilled that love of music in me, and they never really encouraged me, you know what I mean? Like a good teacher should. Yeah. They were doing it to other kids, but... Some of those kids, they didn't have any musical ability at all. They were able to read. Yeah. They could read sheet music and play what they wanted, but not me. I, w I needed... Yeah. I, I just needed someone to tell me what my strengths and weaknesses are because as a young musician, I didn't know. I was unaware of what they were. And it wasn't until I met Matt Fogg where he's like, yeah, you're a good player. You can play. Yeah. That's when things started turning around for me and I, I figured out who I was. I figured out what the role of the bass really was. Yeah. I started listening to good bass players, all that stuff. Yeah. I I went to one band practice uh because the band teacher was trying to get me in there. I went to one and they tried to get me to play xylophone because I played piano and they were like, Well, that's the same thing but it wasn't. So I, yeah, I dipped similar on, yet different. It's similar yet different. Like I wasn't used to hitting things and yeah, like, I knew where the notes were. I could play you stuff. I just couldn't read the sheet music. So well, let I, me throw this at you. Xylophone and bass are similar, but in different ways. How so? They are both rhythm and harmony instruments. Yes. Yeah. I, I get, I get what you're saying with that. Yeah. But I mean, a harm, like, a fucking xylophone isn't necessarily required for a for a good band, but no. it makes it badass. Though, if no. there's a xylophone player in the band, you're like these motherfuckers are good. Yeah, like our, our band was like I, I hate to dog them, but they were always so shitty. Like it was always really depressing when our band would walk out because it was just like six kids. Yeah. yeah, you know it was it was always really like depressing. Like our school never really had a good music. I, I was known as a musician. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't in band or anything. Yeah. Our band for our school was pretty good, but I just couldn't relate to it. You know, mm -hmm. they, they didn't, they couldn't recognize what was good about so me. So what were your, what were your band kids like? They were like every band kid in America. Okay. I they didn't... were probably the first that were sexually active. They were weird as fuck. I mean, <laughs> is I that know. what you're asking? Yeah, I didn't is that what you're it, inferring? I didn't, yeah. I didn't know if it was any different in Maine. That's all, you know, that's all. <laughs> there was this one kid we went to high school with. I'll leave out his name, but he, the joke was that he only fucked girls that looked like his sister. And they were always like banned in ugly chorus chicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, everybody <laughs> said it was his, uh, his sister wives. Oh. No. This motherfucker got laid, though, dude. <laughs> he cleaned up with ugly chicks. Dude. And he would say weird shit. Uh, he had his own website, and he had, like, this forum, and we used to go on it. And uh, 
it said on there, keep all opinions to yourself, i.e. Hitler was evil. We were like, fuck, he's a fucking Third Reich white supremacist. That's actual white supremacy, you know what Damn, I mean? Damn, dude, that, that, that's crazy. Bro, like, yeah, our band kids were just, like, anime nerds and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. That, that, ba- oh, yeah. that basic, like, band kid. Like, you know what I'm you Yeah, know. I know exactly what you mean. But, like, I wouldn't mind, like, hanging out with, uh, with the band kids and talking to them. But I just couldn't relate to him musically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. There's no, no relation there. Like, I, we had nothing to talk about in common. I know exactly um, what you mean. <laughs> um, I, I also went to, like, one choir tryout. I was going to do choir, and it didn't work out either. I didn't think I could sing, and the choir teacher didn't think I could sing either. So I just dipped on that. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a wild wild time i remember though one thing that was cool about the band teacher was there was an upright piano in there and i I remember going like my my maybe my junior and senior year i would go in there every lunch break and just jam on that piano as loud as i possibly could hoping to get laid hoping to get laid i will say a lot of chicks did stop by and watch me play piano because that was like my growing phase where i was like just starting to get good I was right at that point where I was like finally able to like play whatever. Um, like I could read like charts and stuff at the time. Did you hear that they are moving the all-star game away from Atlanta? It was supposed to be what? in Atlanta this year. Really? Yeah. So the MLB all-star game was supposed to be in Atlanta this year, but they had some change to their voter laws. So one of the things was you like any political parties can't go there, pass out food and water to anyone because it might influence... Uh, the way that they vote, shit like that. And I think yeah. also for the absentee ballots, you have to be able to go somewhere and show your ID first, show them like your driver's license or state ID to, to prove you are who you are. So Joe Biden said that the MLB shouldn't hold the all-star game in Atlanta and the MLB backed out, which I think is just fucking stupid because... Now they're trying to push these vaccine passports. This is not even a fucking conspiracy theory. Showing that if you wherever you go, you can show that you were vaccinated. Yeah. Which is here nor there. Like, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But all of a sudden, that is not, that is not on the same par. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it should be everyone's choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of whether or not, I don't feel like we should be forced to take something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel there's always going to be people that are, you know, anti-whatever, against whatever, whether it's good or bad, you know? For sure. And the the most horrendous thing about it is they're going to be honoring Hank Aaron, which Hank Aaron, which is a great thing. Yeah. But they're moving it away from where the town that he broke the home run record in and the Braves were the team that he was on for like 20 fucking years. Yeah. He played for one other team, the Brewers. And it's just like, because they're saying it's because of racism or whatever. And it's like, he broke a huge barrier. He broke Babe Ruth's record and he was harassed. The FBI had to guard him all the time. They had to escort him out of like secret entrances at the ballpark because people were straight up wanting to kill him. And you'd think the MLB would want to honor him at the place where he broke the record at his team, you know? So so I have a question because I don't know too much about 
this. Why were people trying to kill him? They were mad because he was black and he was going to be breaking oh, a white man's record. Really? Yeah, this was in 1974. Okay. I didn't know it was it was that long. Yeah, it was it okay. was definitely race motivated. Oh wow. Yeah, so he broke the record and it was a huge, huge fucking deal. Yeah. And people were going after him, threatening him, his family, writing death threats, all this shit. And I think it would be powerful to honor him in that town. Yeah, definitely it would be. I, I It's amazing that they won't just let it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's, I don't even have words for like why they won't. I don't understand it. I don't know where they're going to hold it at now. I'm guessing probably California. Yeah. Which also, did you hear about the Gavin Newsom thing, how they're trying to recall him? No. So they're trying to recall him and they need X number of signatures and they're calling for a fucking signature verification. (laughs) It's like you motherfuckers are hypocrites. Yeah. I don't even give a fuck about the actual like politics of this situation. I just don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I 100% get that. Dude, that's dumb. I don't think most people do care. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Well, I think people just want to live their lives and just continue on with whatever they're doing. They don't. Everything else is just kind of background noise. We're so used to people being called names being called racist and it's both sides you know what i mean like one side is more egregious than the other but now the conservatives are trying to take over and have things like donald trump never happen they're like yeah we're the the party of fucking what's his fuck uh who is george bush's vp dick cheney dick cheney yeah they're trying to go back to that old school conservative shit. And it's like, the world's changed, bro. Yeah. It ain't going back. People like weed now. Yeah, people like weed now. People bro. like guns. Yeah. They like all of the above. Yeah. They, they want to get gay married. It doesn't matter. Fuck yeah. off. That That's that's basically the libertarian party, you know? Like, the, there's, there's a difference. There's, like, old school conservative people that are, like, that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, like, you know, there's a middle ground, I feel. And, and there's sometimes... There's a lot of people that don't see that there is a middle ground. They think you're either one side or the other. I don't think the average person is that way, though. No. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I feel like if you talk to anybody out on the street, they're going to have an open mind for the most part. It's all this shit with like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. and People confront with social media stuff. It's killing. Yeah. You know, it's killing. I haven't really been following anything politically lately because I... I just don't care anymore. Isn't it kind of like all that stuff went away, though? Yeah, it is. Like, I don't see anybody tweeting about politics nowadays, really. No. Like, what is there to talk about? Now that Trump is gone. What is there to talk about? What are you going to tell me? Yeah. You know? We all got burned out on politics in, in 2020. Yeah, from like 2016 to 2020, all it was was just constantly. Yeah, I think it's good that Donald Trump is gone now. At least because the heat in the country, the heat index has dropped. Yeah, dude, the world needs a break. That was a that was a hard acid trip, man. Like honestly, like that was it was rough to watch all the way up until the end. Yeah, I mean, like, cause cause me and you kind of watched at least the the worst of it together, mm-hmm. and it was it was intense there for a while. I feel like I don't know, but I'm I'm glad that that's over at least. I'm glad that it can at least settle down now a little bit, no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. So our friends, Violet Moons, 
have a new song out called Hexaman. We saw them a couple weeks ago at Kimbrose Kimbrose, in Franklin. It was a great show, their their first full band show. And they'd kind of been working on this single, showing it uh, to me here and there, and every now and then I talk to them about it. I think this is a great fucking song. Dude, it is, man. I sent it to my mom. She loves it. Well, it's rare that an artist comes right out of the gate in their... Yeah. Who they are as an artist is fully represented right away. And I felt like they really nailed it because it's their two personalities and it shows them off as individuals yeah. too. Dude, I, I sent it to a bunch of people and they they, they fucking love it, man. It's a, it's a great song. Um, I played it at work a few times. Like, it's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I really I, I'm glad to like watch them finally re- release it and stuff kind of see the see the process all the way leading up to yeah. it. Yeah. It's a great song. Here is Hexaman. Thank God.
Okay, and we are back. Did you see Post Malone did a cover of Sturgill Simpson? Yes, I did, dude. That was so shocking to me because it wasn't in the title of like what he was doing. I just heard that he was doing country music all of a sudden. And then I seen he did two covers. He did a he did a Sturgill Simpson cover and he did something else. Oh, uh that one by Hootie and the Blowfish. I uh, want to hold your hand. I think so. I think that's what it was. Or some shit. Uh, like it, that. it was something like that. It was for a, Pokemon. Yeah, it was for Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was for their uh, 25th anniversary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did like a whole whole music video where he was a Pokemon character. It was cool. But um, I liked his Sturgill cover. I thought it was really good. He covered "You Can Have the Crown." Yeah, which is a Sturgill fan favorite. But it's kind of funny though. And the reason I kind of find this funny is because you can have the crown. Like um, they call me King Turd up here on Ship Mountain. You know that that whole line. Well, his last album was called Hollywood's Bleeding, and the whole album was about how disgusting Hollywood is. I mean, that's basically what the entirety of the album is. And then he does that cover. It just makes sense to me, you know, because they're kind of one and the same. So I I don't know. I thought that it was really good. I know that Post Malone, because I've kind of like watched his whole career come up. um, I know that he was like he's super into country music. Like before he started doing Well, he rap. was playing with Dwight Yoakam's band too, which was kind of cool. I mean, Dwight Yoakam, he's kind of got like a rock and roll style for a country guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you can you can watch old uh, old videos of him like playing Bob Dylan and stuff like that. Post Malone? Yeah. Before he was Post Malone. Pre-Malone, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually kind of witty, Milhouse. I'm impressed. <laughs> Pre Malone would play country music and and rock and like Bob Dylan and stuff. There's tons of videos of, of him playing like covers and stuff on the internet before he had like face tattoos and was rapping. But uh, I hope that he like does some country stuff now. Kinda, I'm kind of interested. I could see him having a career that just goes to many different places because he is a talented guy. Yeah. I watched a video of him talking about how he got inspired to to start his career. And you know how he got inspired by all of it? How? The video game Guitar Hero. Really? That's why he started his career. He seems like he'd be a guy influenced by Guitar Hero. He played Guitar Hero and was like, maybe I should learn guitar. And then now he's Post Malone. Guitar Hero was a big deal back in the day. Uh, his dad's the, uh, I don't know if you knew this, his dad is the uh, head of like all the concessions for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, he's a big time. He, he so like, he grew up in Texas then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's from, he's from... That's why he was doing that Texas benefit. It was a Texas benefit for yeah. the, the snow, I think. When he released uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, he did a show at Exit Inn and released his album there. Did you know that? No. Or he did like a... It was called the Bud Light Tour or whatever, but it was all at Exit Inn. I guess Exit Inn is being sold. Dude, yes, it is. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I, did. I don't know. I'm guessing they're going to probably knock it down and get rid of it, which is sad. Do you think so? Do you think you don't think they'll keep it as X and N? I heard it was some hotel chain that was buying it, so I don't know what is going to happen to it. I think it's the most legendary place in Nashville besides the Ryman. Yeah, I would say X and N. Of course, I love like X and N. The end. And, and all those places down there in that little area. I've been to many shows at Accident. The first night I met the Weird Sisters was at Accident. Really? Yeah, we saw Bad, Bad, Not Good, which was a great show. 
The first show I ever watched in Nashville was at Exodin with our last roommate. Really? Yeah. What show was it? Uh, I went and seen Pine Grove. They're like an indie rock. Band. Oh yeah, I know who Pine Grove is. Yeah, I went. I went and watched them there with our last roommate um, when I first moved into our house. Is there anything going on right now, like Save Exit In or anything like that? Any petitions going on? Honestly, like I haven't seen any any word about it. They've kind of gone silent on their Instagram account, and nobody's talking about it. So I feel like it's like, you know, nobody's trying now. Because there was a big movement, like they were they were posting on their like um, their Instagram account, like buy our merch, help us keep in business, and stuff like that to try to keep things going. And they had like um, live stream shows there for a little bit. It's a legendary place. I mean, Bill Monroe's played there. Billy I mean, Joel. Yeah, tons of people. Waylon Jennings, Chuck Berry, Steve Martin did st- a stand-up show there. Everybody's been through the accident on their way up. And when you walk in there, it feels like a place you would have seen Led Zeppelin in 1969. Dude. Before they blew up. It's got that feel to it. It's like an old school rock club. Yeah. Dude, it, it is a cool place. I, I wish that I had gone there more before the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I only got to go there once, but it was a really cool experience. When I went to Exit Inn, the last time I was there, it was on Halloween a couple of years ago, and I was tripping on mushrooms. <clears throat> Hard. Who were you seeing? It was this band called Backup Planet. They're a great fucking band. They're like a jam band. They're like prog rock meets jam band. But it was a really good show. Everybody was in costume. And I was just tripping balls, dude. <laughs> Were you freaked out? I was really freaked out, yeah. <laughs> Did you leave? No, I didn't leave. I stayed there. I was like, I just need to get over this. Because I felt all this shit coming to, to the surface in my, in my spiritual being of all these problems that I had that I was avoiding. And it, it, it was peeling back the layers of reality that I used to avoid all of my inner issues yeah so it was slowly like my hands got heavy yeah my vision changed i got that heavy feeling in my chest i was gone yeah did did the costumes freak you out did you like yes there was a guy dressed like beetlejuice i remember that there was a guy that was like six three dressed like an oompa loompa were you in a costume that night yeah, I was. I was dressed like uh, Ace Ventura, so it was just my normal clothes. Nice. <laughs> dude. Yeah, dude, I'm sad that place is going to be gone, man, honestly. I've done a lot of, um, like, setups there for my old job. You know, like, I've been there a ton working. I didn't get to see shows, but, like, that was, like, a big place for me. So, I mean, it, it kind of sucks that it's going to be gone. It's an important, um, important landmark in yeah. Nashville. Basement East is back. Basement East is back. Yeah, I think uh, they opened up. Some people got COVID that work there. They closed back down. Then they had, I don't know if it happened, but they were supposed to have a show for Marcus King a couple weekends ago. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, that'll be cool once, like, the pandemic's, you know, once we're really having live shows and stuff like that. I'm excited about all the live shows that are going to happen this year. You know, like Live on the Green. Is pretty, Live on the Green actually happening? I'm pretty sure Live on the Green is actually happening. You heard it through the grapevine? I heard it through the grapevines. Through the Kevin grapevine? Through the, through the Kevin grapevines that Live on the Green's happening. Fuck yeah. Allegedly, I can't like confirm this, but 4th of July in Nashville's back on. Fuck yeah. 
Also, New Year's is 100% back on. Like, no no limits, no nothing. Nashville is pretty much open now. Like, New, it, they, it's back to the way it was. New Year's is definitely 100% happening. Like, 4th of July is, like, still, like, kind of tip for tat. Like, how much will be able to happen for 4th of July. But New Year's is, like, they're, like, balls to the walls. Like, they're going all the way with it. So, it'll be cool. It'll be a big New Year's for, for Nashville, at least. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to tell a friend, like, and subscribe to the show. Feel free to email me at thepoptimistpodcast at gmail.com. We will be back next week. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.